Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The COB is presented by Rabobank, awarded 2023 SMSF Savings Bank of the Year by Mozo. Well, hello. This is the COB on this Friday afternoon. I'm Nadine Blaney. And I'm Juliette Sarley. Made it to the end of the week on what is a pretty positive day for markets. That's incredible, really. I mean, we've got not just bit of green on screen, like really, after 10, everything went up yeah. and it pretty much stayed there all throughout the day. Uh, indeed. And, you know, we're staying near those highs on the close at 1.3% on the SIBO 200. I mean, it was a positive session coming through from the likes of Europe and the US. The ECB hiking rates there, uh, good retail sales figures from the US mm-hmm. too. And you've got to continue to look at that ratchet higher, not only in oil, but in iron ore, which is providing a very good boon for a lot of our miners. Yeah, it's incredible, right? We've got the data dump from China to digest today as well. And already, Juliet, you know, I'm seeing headlines about uh, soft landing being yes. negotiated in China, which was not the narrative that we were talking no. about just a little while ago. You know, we were talking about this sluggish reopening and it's not coming to fruition and the mm. stimulus wasn't enough. But the data is to be believed, you know, perhaps things are improving. And particularly when you look at the retail sales, I mean, you've got to imagine like everywhere, there's built up savings left over from those COVID years, but that four and a half percent growth in, in retail from a year ago for August, certainly better than what we'd seen in July and, and better than what the forecast was for just under five, uh, 4%, excuse me. Yeah, so we watched that China data. It's one of our key themes today, really helping to lift the market. Um, we've seen the Aussie dollar as well be a beneficiary. I think it's um, 64.6, yeah, something like it, that. It's up yeah. and, and headed for its biggest weekly gain in two months. That's the stat I was wow. looking for. And uh, oil, to your point, Juliet, I mean, oil is just continuing to rise. Now, yeah, there are some beneficiaries of that being the energy companies. But then you start to think about inflation and you start mm. to think what it does when you see those petrol prices rising. You know, I know uh, one of our viewers tweeted to me, why did petrol go up 30 cents Ouch. overnight at the Bowser? And to be honest, even with the oil price where it is, I don't know why that happens. Well, I'm, I'm driving for the first time in almost a decade after coming back from Asia <laughs> where you don't drive. Yeah. Um, and I had to fill up my car too. And it was like, oh, I'm not sure I really like these yeah, numbers no, that I'm seeing. Not at all. All right. So so there's some of the talking points, but uh, sectors of the day to day, it really was the miners 
that won the day. In fact, all eleven sectors were positive wow. today. You don't see that very often. An A plus for the market. Yeah, Fortescue, twenty one twenty eight. Look at that four percent jump. And you know, there's still this prediction that iron ore could ratchet even higher. Uh, energy. We've been talking about obviously a positive day for that sector too. Uh, you've got Santos there up by some two percent. Mm-hmm. Now, yesterday. I mean, it was a world of pain for a lot of these tech names here in Australia. But today, uh, looking pretty good. It's so interesting to see. Yesterday, Block was the company that was pushing higher. Today, mm. uh, not so much. But that's a pretty pretty hefty jump for WiseTech there, up by two percent. Zero as well, up by two percent. Um, some of the corporate stories. Um, look again, it wasn't a blockbuster day mm. for corporate news, but there Qantas is was an interesting one. What happened with Qantas? I missed that. Oh, so the A Triple C with the Qantas uh, China Eastern saying, look, you know, they've got to basically not uh, collaborate or collude on those. Uh, I should get my correct words here so that I'm not giving wrong information. But it's basically about that uh, movement in terms of some of their passengers flying on China Eastern and Qantas. So we saw yeah. a little bit of a, a reaction coming through I there. I think they're calling it, they're rejecting that joint business yes, uh, yes. agreement with China Eastern. So I forgot about that. Um, otherwise, we had, well, let's get some of these share prices up on screen. We had Ramsey Health saying that it had got an offer uh, for uh, one of its businesses. And it also had... Uh, a ratings change by one of the ratings agencies. I was just mm. trying to see, I think it was Fitch. Um, but regardless, we've got Ramsey Healthcare. Yeah, that Fitch downgraded and it's received offers for that healthcare joint venture. Novonix, I spoke with the CEO just yesterday, the day before, up by 36%. Uh, it has made some progress uh, when it comes to, um, you know, its battery technology. And today it's mm. saying that it has increased its production target at the Tennessee facility. Um, Viva. Yeah, Viva Energy looking up by 1.7%. Uh, we have been looking quite a lot at some of these uh, big movers today. And I think what was also interesting today was the rebalancing of the ASX 200. But in terms of Viva Energy, Vitol confirming that 16% sale. And so those calms rattled the market a little bit. And this after the Dutch oil trading giant uh, did sell that 16%. But um did you notice the, the change of the ASX 200? Apparently there was 201 stocks and now there's 200. So six out, five in today with that rebalancing. Yeah, I was actually speaking with a company on the small caps, uh, Webit Nano, it's a semiconductor a company and it is moving into the 200 mm. next week. So there's a few um, moves that are happening and I think it takes effect on the 18th. Um, Yan Coal, I was watching this one today. It's a uh, share price gained on coal sale deal renewal. So renewal of those deals and that cash. Interesting to see nothing much happen with the share price, but it did hold its AGM, put out a trading update, set yeah. up the first seven weeks of FY24. Sales were going all right. Um, yeah, but clearly not a lot of volume going through there on the SIBO Australia index. No, and we had Metcash at the end there. And of course, that was the stock of the day. Um, you know, they're, they're optimistic, their outlook going forward. Um, so it is a defensive sector. So, you know, I, I, I would definitely not say um, it's a sell. It's a, I would even... So it's a buy down here. Okay. I think, um, you know, it's steady as she goes. And um, if you've got it, hold. But definitely I, I would be, I would not be adverse to buying it down here. And on the chart, to, you know, because I'm a technician as well, 
it's looking like it, it's starting to move back up here. Uh, and if you bought it here, you'd have a stop, you know, below, just just below um, three around 360, you'd have a stop in place. So that's not much downside really. But I, I think, you know, it could move back up to about $4 and beyond, mm. even maybe as high as 420. So down here, look, it's good value. It's on a low multiple about 10 times, which is cheaper than Coles and Woolies. Yep. So, um, but All again, right. you know, it's steady as she goes. I am a little bit concerned that they do tend to be a little bit more expensive than Coles and Woolies, which are the competitors. So I see them as a little bit less resilient, perhaps, than David does. And as a result of that, my uh, opinion of this stock is just a little bit worse than his. So where he says, hold, maybe a buy. I would say, look, if you're holding this as a dividend stock, I'd hold on to it and keep getting that dividend. But it's not one I would be buying. Uh, look, I don't necessarily think there's going to be a recession, but I do think that there might be um, some behaviors which mean that people are substituting what they might buy at the IGA for something they'll buy at Coles, Woolies or Aldi instead. So for that reason, a hold at best, I, mm. I wouldn't be getting into it. So that was the stock of the day. You can watch the call either um, online, it's mm -hmm. up there already, or if you like podcasts, you can listen to it in podcast form maybe while you're on your weekend walk. It's going to be a hot one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Tessa and I were talking about, you know, is it beach beach weather this weekend? I think I think the beaches will be really busy yeah. in Sydney this weekend, yeah. um, as long as the smoke doesn't get too bad. Anyhow, mm. we digress. Let's welcome to the conversation Jason Tay, who's joining us from Vertium Asset Management. Jason, hi. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So it looks like over the five trading days, we're going to end up just shy of 2%. That's not too bad because it was a bit touch and go there this week. That's right. This week, uh, well, a month or today, it was month, down yeah. and then we're <laughs> slightly in a positive territory. So yeah, yeah, so that's all good so far. Yeah. Um, when you think about the China soft landing scenario, I know ANZ just put out a note, um, you know, intonating that it could be a possible now. Is that really bullish for the Aussie market toward the end of the year, you think? Well, um, anything related to China is bullish for the Aussie market, right? Because 30% of the Aussie market is related to resources. So, mm. so um, you know, with such a heavy weighting, you know, the, the direction of China uh, would dictate 30% of our market. So let's talk a little bit more about what we saw from that China picture we were talking about, that the retail sales potentially some showing some signs of the consumer. But, you know, the property space is still such a worry. What does that mean for the outlook for our biggest trading partner? Yeah, so it's interesting because like uh, a couple of weeks ago, China actually came out with a prop proper property stimulus programs in terms of having lower down payments for your second house. You know, previously, prior to those announcements, it was like you have to put down 80% cash, right? Like who puts down 80% cash for their second property. So they lowered it to 30%. So that first weekend, um, you know, the amount of property transactions that went through in China far outweighed the previous month. So, so there was activity coming mm -hmm. through. Um, and eventually you should see uh, lending activity coming through, obviously, because now you can borrow against your second house. Um, so um, I think over time, over the, for the next uh, you know, few months, you should see an improvement in the Chinese data, especially the loan data. And obviously mm. last night with the drop in the reserve requirement yeah. for banks, that would help banks lend more as well. Mm. Do we see more of that? I mean, that triple R move? Um, look, I mean, I think the last triple R move was in March. I think obviously this is the, this is the second one since then. So mm. look, I mean, obviously China is trying to stimulate or maybe not even stimulate, but you know, maybe it's just stop you know, mm. stop the decline. So I think, you know, they're trying to put a flaw in that 
uh, in that you know, decline in activity. And if it puts a flaw there, it obviously puts a flaw in the iron ore price yeah. <laughs> and, and pro- property-related transactions mm, as well. Okay, yeah, I spoke with a guest earlier today, Heath Moss from HLM Investments, who was saying he reckons resources to the end of the year are going to go very strong. Um, what else has been going? Well, insurance stocks have been traveling along pretty well. Yeah. So is there still some upside left there? Yeah, yes. So there's a couple of themes that's happening. You know, currently, look, if you think about the inflation data, uh, that could possibly pick up again. Uh, oil prices yeah. are running, which would impact inflation and could impact higher bond yields. And insurance stocks sort of come into that play as well. Okay. Right. So obviously, the insurance cycle uh, in terms of rising premiums, uh, it raises the earnings, but also rising bond yields raises insurance uh, profits as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, but in that space, we actually like two particular stocks, uh, uh, QBE and Medibank Private. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I think uh, those two stocks have further room f- uh, to rally uh, in that space. Why is that in particular? Yeah. So. Um, so obviously, when you look at the you know uh, earnings drivers for for all the insurance stocks, yes, they will be they they will go up based on insurance premiums and rising bond yields. But those two in particular have actually not gone up enough, right? The return on equity for both QBE and uh, Medibank Private is actually improved quite a lot since 2019, mm-hmm. right? So the whole sector has m- moved up. Yeah, okay, so let's look at the next chart that you did bring because I think this illustrates the point quite well. Um, walk us through this. Yeah, so um, what that chart sort of illustrates is the 2019 uh, you know, price to book multiple against uh, their return on equity. And you know, lo and behold, yes, it's improved across the board, but you know, both uh, like the Suncorp, IAG and, uh, and NIB, they're still, Roughly just trading around fair value, mm-hmm. um, but since that time, four years later, since two thousand nineteen, QBE's ROE has gone from ten percent to fifteen percent, mm-hmm. right? So fifty percent uplift, uh, and Medibank has also uh, improved its ROE over that time frame. But the market, for whatever reason, is still pricing on two thousand nineteen multiples. What happens though if we start to see a bushfire season that is predicted? You've got the likes of QBE also saying to artists, look, we're going to raise your premiums if you're climbing a wall to hang a mural, for example. Yeah. So they're really clamping down potentially on some of these premium payouts. What does that mean? I mean, I guess it's positive for their margins, but what does it mean more broadly? Yeah, so broadly, I get, look, they'll just tighten up the insurance market again, mm. right? So, um, uh, look, if there is a major, it's a big if, obviously, right? Yeah. If there is a, another a major bushfire season, it, that, that'll impact most insurers from a claims experience. Um, the the key is for these insurance companies is what they have reinsured back into um, the insurance market so that they don't get hit with these big claims. And typically, they have very good programs. So that's why their margins don't typically collapse. That's why the floods the last couple mm. of years, you, you didn't see IAG's um, or, or Suncorp's margins collapse, right? Because there is very strong reinsurance programs. Um, but any major catastrophe now, or like floods or whatever it is, you just see an insurance market tighten up mm-hmm. uh, further. So higher premiums, uh, and if these insurance companies have strong reinsurance programs, it doesn't really hurt them so much, um, you know, um, and it's really how they sort of risk manage, you know, mm-hmm. these events. Uh, what about costs for the insurers? How have they been able, like have they had big cost out programs? Yeah, so, you know, under the hood, somehow, QBE and Medibank Private has had very good cost control. So since 2019, the expense ratios have fallen a lot, 
right? So this chart sort of illustrates to you uh, QBE and Medibank um, has has um, you know dramatically reduced their costs over you know the last four years, and QBE obviously huge huge beneficiaries of that. And actually, we believe that this is actually the main driver for the earnings improvement for the improvement in the ROE over the last four years. And you know this is kind of like perplexing perplexing why when we look at uh, the mispricing of uh, QBE and Medibank, because typically when companies are run more efficiently, they stay efficient, right? It's not temporary. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, so that ROE that we're seeing today for QBE and Medibank, it's actually pretty sticky and uh, we can't figure out why the market's ignoring that. But mm-hmm. be that as it may, it's an opportunity. Yeah, mispricing right. in the market is what, yeah, you, that's what right. you're looking and for. And then over time, I think the market will fully recognize um, how these businesses are run better and then re-rate these stocks. So QB and Medibank Private are your picks in the insurance space because they've got more upside left in them. But when does the bubble burst? Like, is that when we see rate cuts um, yeah. coming through? Yeah. So, so yeah. So th- think about the drivers of of um, uh, of insurance companies. It's the insurance cycle, obviously, right? So um, if there are major events, that could tighten up even further. And Possibly at some point uh, when rates fall, we're not seeing it yet, right? That could have an impact on insurance companies. But with these two stocks, QB and Medibank, because they're priced so low, I think, um, I think they can handle it, right? The other stocks, I'm not sure. Yeah, okay. So we just want to looking at some of the other picks that you might have on the broader market. I mean, we're heading in, we've got what? Just yeah, FOMC next week. Yes, yeah, yes, FOMC. Yes. We've got the RBA potentially moving after that October inflation mm-hmm. data, or September inflation data out yeah. in October. Um, what what do we see by the end of the year when we're trying to hold on to that seventy three hundred point on the ASX? Yeah, I, I, uh, we're long energy. Okay. Right. So um, yes, you know, iron ore for the moment, for the day, looks really interesting. Um, but the energy, uh, the supply tightness is very very real right so um iron ore is obviously related to china because china's like consumes like two-thirds of the seaborne iron ore market but um energy is is more related to the uh, to, to the u.s market right so 20 mm. percent of global oil demand comes from the u.s 16 percent from china so it's still a u.s play right there are early signs that the manufacturing sector could be bottoming uh, in the united states so we can see freight uh, picking up Right, and obviously, if you're moving more freight, you're using more diesel, mm. right? So, hence, diesel demand is actually beginning to pick up at a time when supply is actually very tight for oil. So, um, which is why we're seeing for the last couple of months, oils, the oil price have moved quite a lot mm. um, based on not much information, mm. <laughs> right? And but that's because you, you, all you need is a small change in demand with a tight oil market, and then oil prices moving. Yeah, the Saudis and the Russians want to keep it tight. And they want to keep it tight as well. And if it, we bring it back full circle, we get China in the mix as well. Yeah, China in the mix, yeah. Great. And on top of that, the strategic petroleum reserve, mm. guess what? Over the last month, they're beginning to buy again. Right. Their, their levels are so low. It's off the chart, decades low, that they have to refill, and they're refilling when, everybody's, when there's a chance that the economy could be picking up again. Mm. Well, Jason, you gave us everything. You yeah. gave us analysis, you gave us a couple of stock picks, and you told us your long energy. So we've learned a lot on this Friday from you. We hope you have a good weekend. Yeah, Thanks thank for you. joining us.
All right, let's get to the leaders and laggards of the day's session on what has been a positive session for the overall market. Sierra Resources, that's been uh, going on such a strong high, up by 11% there on the close. Life360 is really interesting. This is, of course, the uh, imaging, you know, family tracking app, location yeah. sharing, family safety. I was talking earlier to Peter Capetz from Equity Story. This was one of his picks as well that he sort of liked uh, a bit more momentum Really? coming through up in that one so yeah we can we can see that on the trade and this is just really indicative of what we've seen going on this week in general um you know moves without news on the day like i know that we did have news from imugene earlier in the week you know some you know positive test results coming through chalice mining has been so volatile as of late but you know all of these top movers i'd say probably to number 15 on the list really moving on no news so mm. sort of indicative of the phase of the cycle that we're in and also the year you know we're post reporting season we're pre agm so just waiting to get some more meaningful news from these companies sarai resources actually is one of those companies that's being taken out of the 200 yes next week uh laggards what do we have here Juliet, let's Auckland see. Auckland, I mean, but look, you look at the laggards, they're, they're not really that big moves, are they? One and a half percent from Auckland International. Again, no massive news. And what was also interesting was that it wasn't really any of the ex-div stocks, although there were only two today that really were the laggards. Um, Blue scope down by some 1.2 percent. And, you know, Block, you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. That was interesting given that you've seen elsewhere such a rally coming through in tech players today on the back of what we saw on Wall Street. I think the overall uh, tech space, if we kind of have a proper tech space but that index was uh, holding at something like a, a three-week high zero and next DC looking really solid today but uh, block getting a bit of a, a lag at all but getting a bit of a sell-off I should say yeah clean away uh, it's got a new chair um, I don't know if that's what moved the dial but uh, down by 1.2 percent in the small to mid cap space I had a little look at these through the small caps Novonics as we said up by 36 percent on that production target being upped at its Tennessee plant and zip again i didn't see any news associated but up by 13 percent flipping the page oh you know what also strong retail sales in the u.s might have impacted yeah. Zip. um yeah here's just sort of a motley crew of these uh these big movers in the small to mid cap I need to know space. what happened to Oz Orem because I was just talking to the CEO and there was that 250% jump yeah. on the open. It must have paid it off quite a bit in the, the latter part Sometimes of the day. Sometimes that doesn't pull all the data uh, it, from the really small end of the market. That yes. was an interesting story. It's made of lithium It's got a lithium purchase. So it's, he said rather that um, they weren't doing as well with, with gold. Um, so now they're going to be a dual commodity company with gold uh, production in WA and lithium in mm. Brazil. Yeah, put lithium in uh, in your release and, <laughs> and up it goes. And yeah, up it goes. All right, uh, next, or tonight, sorry, tonight we've got quite a lot of data to hang our hats on. Mm. The University of Michigan Michigan consumer sentiment is a big one, so we'll be watching out for that, the consumer, the real driver of the American economy. And uh, I just thought we should look at next week, Julia. Yeah, RBA meeting minutes, always a, a key indication. Are we going to see anything new in the language there? Is it going to be a carbon copy of the prior? And, you know, as we were mentioning, what moves the needle next for the RBA? Probably not the jobs numbers that we had this week, but definitely the le next inflation print will be something that uh, Michelle Bullock and co will be looking at. Oh, yeah. 
Gotta get used to saying Michelle yes. Bullock. Yeah. Well, I said Vanessa Hudson because I got so excited by the fact that there were two female people at the helm. I just decided to mix them up. But um, the Fed, of course, in, in focus too. Oh, yeah, the Fed's going to be a big one. Um, yeah, there's not the expectation uh, that we will see a hike coming through. But Fed speakers, including Jerome Powell themselves, have said that you can't rule out further interest rate hikes coming through in the United States. Um, we've got the Bank of England. Mm. England is just such, uh, you know, such a difficult one. Inflation high, wages high, um, but, you know, trouble in the economy. And then, you know, to our chat with Jason Tay from Vertium, China loan prime rates out next week as well. So it's going to be a busy one. Mm, indeed, it always is in markets. It is. So today we've got a good news story for you. So um, as we have seen now, the last of the day's trades go through the ASX look a little bit of selling toward the close, but I think we should be relatively impressed mm. with the performance of the market today, week to date, up by 1.7%. On a positive session across the APEC region as well, and that was thanks to that better than expected Chinese economic data. Well, that was a good week. Thanks yeah. so much for joining us. Uh, if you've missed anything, you can always catch up on the weekend. I hope you have a good weekend. I hope you have a good weekend. I hope you do too. See you <laughs> Monday next week.